What's going on, folks? Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement and hopefully one day a true proletarian revolution. But until that glorious day comes, I am your host, Josh, and I'd like to say thank you for stopping by. Um, If this is your first time stopping by, uh, I really do appreciate it. Um, It means a lot because, you know, I enjoy this show. Um, I'm not able to do it to the level of production value that I would really like to uh, at the moment, uh, just simply because of my work and organizing schedule. Uh, but I try to put out whatever content I can to try to, you know, speak to events that are happening, try to present a certain type of critical analysis to, you know, given issues within society, and uh, basically just try to provide my two cents for whatever it's worth. Uh, And if you listen and seem to agree with me or feel that, uh, you know, I'm saying anything worth listening to, that means a lot because, you know, I'm trying to learn myself. Uh, I spend a lot of time trying to learn, uh, and I try to translate what I learn into the show, not only so that I can kind of, you know, get my thoughts a bit more organized by saying them out loud, and trying to talk through them, but also, you know, hopefully being able to uh, pass that knowledge along in a, you know, somewhat digestible form, uh, which makes sense and, you know, is helpful. So if that is the case, that's awesome. Uh, And I appreciate you stopping by. Um, Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you think I can change, what I can do better. Go check out my other episodes and do the same. You can reach out to me by uh, my social media. I have TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, And I also have an email set up. So you can reach out to me at indefensiveliberation at gmail.com. And let me know, you know, what you think. Um, You can also check out my website where I do my blog. That's forliberation.wixsite.com forward slash website. There's no caps or any spaces in that. So, you know, feel free to check that out and let me know what you think of that as well. Uh, I have to go through and update some stuff on there, make it look a little bit more spiffy whenever I get the time, but... As we all know, capitalism does this really cool thing where it takes up all of our time and our money and our energy and our motivation Um, by having to go to work, run errands, pay bills, etc., etc., go to school. All this shit, you know, makes it pretty difficult to focus on um, anything, fucking anything. I did a great episode with my boy Ramiro Sebastian Funes a while ago. Um, He's a Honduran communist 
based out in um, LA. Uh, you should check out his shit on YouTube. Again, that's uh, Ramiro Sebastian Foyas. Um, and uh, there's a great episode that we did together on Alienation, which talks to both the more philosophical and um, kind of material separation between human beings and our labor, and then kind of the psychological and social effects that that has on human beings today. So um, figured I'd plug that because it, you know, kind of hits on what I was mentioning there. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing that is incredibly important to really begin to get an understanding of today um, and what I wanted to do this episode on is beginning to understand sort of, okay, we have all of these issues in society. The average person is well aware of kind of the blatant contradictions in society. You know, the inequality between the poor and the rich. Um, the lives and, you know, social structures of those of us who have to go to work every day. Um, these things are, you know, very obvious for those of us who have to go to work every day. And so, oftentimes, those of us on the left feel that because these problems are so self-evident, there's a lot to be said about maybe this is quote-unquote the masses' fault, that we have not solved these problems yet. I knew someone who went on quite an errand to express to me that the fact that we do not have an organized and militant left today in the United States is because the workers don't want it. It's because the workers are the people who are really screwing themselves, apparently. Now, I think a majority of us should be able to see maybe why this is problematic and why it is also an incorrect analysis. Because plainly put, okay, if it's the masses' fault that they can't see their own oppression, let me ask you this. Who's oppressing them? Because if there's someone oppressing you, if there's someone, you know, taking advantage and exploiting you, that presupposes a power structure of inequality. Meaning that if there is someone who is oppressed and there is someone oppressing them, the oppressor, then that means there is someone who has power, has the ability to oppress the other, and the person who is being oppressed does not have the power to liberate themselves. This much should be evident 
in the very relationship itself. This is important because if we recognize this, it leads us to further conclusions. Now, those of us who call ourselves leftists, right? Most of us are keenly aware that the media, the education, the social, political, and economic structures are all controlled in our society by a distinct class. And that class is what we refer to as the ruling class. In this way, and especially because of historical developments, right? There has been a certain amassing of both wealth and power which has centralized itself into a few hands. And this power and the wealth that both presupposes and also perpetuates that power. What I mean by that is power does not exist in a vacuum. I've said it in this way and I think this is the best way to understand it. You build a really big tower, right? To show off your power. You build a huge castle. If you are not continuously updating, expanding, militarizing, and technologically advancing that castle, eventually, someone's going to take it over. So power does not exist for power's sake, especially when we're talking about a historical epoch known as capitalism. Capitalism is a system which requires constant profit. Now, the empire that we live in, known as the United States, does not produce anything for itself. Therefore, like every other empire that has existed, its sole mode of profit, well, I shouldn't say sole, excuse my language there, one of its main modes of profit is imperialism, is the colonization and control of the markets, resources, and labor force of external nations. So, when we're talking about the ruling class, right, we're talking about the education system. We're talking about the police and the military. We're talking about the state. And the state is the legislation, the lawmakers, the electoral system. It is the schools. It is the social structure and the 
folks who hold the power within that social structure, like we said, the police and the military. This is the state. And it is a repressive state. So when we go around talking about the fact that the disorganization and the ignorance of the masses has everything to do with the fact that the masses are ignorant, right? That, that It's an unfalsifiable claim in that way. The masses are ignorant because they're ignorant, right? And it's their fault because they're not doing anything to fight their ignorance. Well, speaking as someone who came from <clears throat> a Christian um, conservative background... If your experiences, if your existence does not call into question the way in which you've been told society is structured and how it operates, you'll never question it because you have no reason to. By questioning it, the only thing that you can do is affect yourself, quote unquote, negatively because you are taking away, you know, sort of a privilege. In the sense that your mindset... Let me let me try to say this a different way. If you don't question... If you're not forced to question because reality contradicts your perceived understanding of reality... If that never happens for you... You kind of have a, a, a bubble that surrounds you. And therefore... You never really have to question anything. And if you do question something, that pops your bubble. And for a lot of people, they don't want to do that. Because when you pop your bubble, well, you got to do something about that then. Once you realize something is wrong, you have two options. You can do something or you can do nothing. But if you do nothing, you have to live with that. You have to see yourself every day and know that you know this. And you're not doing anything about it. You can go post on Twitter. You can go post on Facebook. You can record a podcast. You can post a blog. And that, sure, does that influence some people? Maybe. But what we're here to talk about today is how do we get the masses who are incredibly ignorant to their exploitation and oppression organized militant, disciplined, accountable to one another, and ready to take the actions by any means necessary to be able to change and solve the problems we're facing. How do we get the people there? Well, the Communist League, or I should say the Youth uh, uh, League of the uh, Brazilian Communist Party wrote a great paper, um, or an article, I should say, uh, called The Importance of Base Work. I believe, I believe that's the title. I can, um, put the link in the bio of the episode if I remember. Um, but this is really where I want to take the conversation because we're foolish, 
if we sit here and say that the masses' ignorance is the masses' fault, who made the masses ignorant? Who is in control of the society? Who's in control of the laws and the education, right, and the labor? Who's in charge of the mode of production in society? The ruling class. So can we truly sit here and say that the ruling class is not truly the one at fault for the masses' ignorance? I don't think we can. And I think if we do, we are very confused. So let's talk about it. So we have a class society, right? You got one group, one class, which is in power and structures the society so that their control and their power is perpetuated into the future by means of exploiting and repressing the folks who we call the working class, right? The folks like you and me who go to work every day, who go to school until we're 18, who pay our taxes, we do everything we're supposed to. We follow the law. And at the end of the day, we don't have any power to influence any of that. We don't have the power to defend ourselves if we say one day, we don't want to do society like this anymore. That's the working class. That's class society. Pretty simplistic. You got one group, one class, which is organized and disciplined and suppressing the needs and interests of the exploited and oppressed class. So in that sense, right, we got to get a little philosophical here and talk about the fact that, you know, what is society? Society to me, if we want to talk about in two ways, has an idealistic and a materialistic definition. So, society in this way, sorry, a car, uh, a fire truck just went by. Um, society is in its idealistic form, right? In in the way that the quote-unquote enlightened philosophers, the liberal thinkers, tried to imagine it was a voluntary organization based on conscious consent to the rule of others. And through this conscious consent, by, of the rule of others, there is a, a quote-unquote social contract that exists that the members of society who are quote-unquote active citizens who do things which quote-unquote benefit the majority are able to enjoy things like health care, housing, food, um, consumer-based goods, etc., etc., right? That's the idealized version. 
the material, aka the materialist version of society, is an organization of those who labor and those who employ labor. In this version of society, you have a very distinct formula, which is the majority of people will work, will provide military service, and will do what needs to be done in order to uphold the the political and economic structure of that given society. And because we're talking a materialist analysis, we also know that this society, as we said a second ago, is a class society, one based off of exploitation. So when we're talking about society in this way, we can see that it is structured, it is built, it is organized by a distinct group within society, not the majority within society. The masses, you and me, have very little control, if any, over the laws that are passed, the representatives that we have in our government, the way we structure our economy, what we produce and for who, what we pay our workers, how we structure housing and food, and how we acquire these things. All of this is directly decided by the ruling class. So in this way, we should be able to see that the ruling class has direct control over the minds and the physical existence of the masses. If the ruling class has this power and this power allows the ruling class to become more wealthy, to become more in control of society, then due to the fact that that ruling class has the power to do so, They will continuously structure and reproduce society, education, the labor force, all of that to support their own interests. Their own interests being the continued accumulation of wealth in power into fewer and fewer hands. This is not their decision. This is not a conscious choice that they are making of their own accord. 
These interests are directly built into class society. Again, one class has power because of and only if they are able to continue to suppress and repress the remaining members of that society. So can we truly say then that the masses are ignorant because the masses choose not to educate themselves? No! The masses are ignorant because everything in society is structured in a way which is supposed to convince people that this is the only way society can be structured. Why do you think they love to tell us capitalism is the most, quote, natural economic system? Why do you think they tell us that this is the most, quote, democratic system? It's because we are taught to idealize society. And therefore, anything which is supposedly, in word, striving towards that ideal is good. And anything which consciously admits that this ideal is not a possibility, and and especially not in the way that we've structured it now, and therefore we have to reorganize ourselves, restructure society in a way which is truly egalitarian, which is as democratic as it can be without making democracy an almost evangelical, Christian-like, Judeo- ideal to strive for, right? We're not trying to be Jesus here, folks. We're trying to feed people. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you think it's more important to, you know, try to perpetuate this supposed idea that, uh, you know, society needs to be democratic. We need to do things, you know, based off of uh, the the way in which the market determines things, we have to be able to, you know, continue producing as we are um, so that we can have all these consumer goods and all this bullshit. You have to understand that the only way that that continues is through the further exploitation of the masses, right? So, at which will continue their own ignorance... But that is the fault of the ruling class, not the fault of the masses here. I hope we're understanding this point now. So how do we fix that? Well, this writing by uh, the Brazilian Communist Party's Youth League, um, the UJC, um, UG, UJC, sorry, um, really offers a a, a key insight into this. First and foremost, you have to understand what is a a base? So they separate it into two folds. You have your specific or particular base, and then you have your overall base. So you have, first and foremost, your specific or particular base. So maybe that's your workforce. Maybe that's your, uh, you know, community or your neighborhood. Maybe that is the school you go to. And then you have your overall base, which is the general working and oppressed people. So how do we do base work? Because this is the most important point. If we want to actually change the minds of the people, we have to give them something to make them want to change their minds. 
We have to be able to point out concretely the contradictions within society. And therefore, if we're going to point out the contradictions, we also have to point out a solution to those contradictions. The solution to those contradictions, of course, we know is proletarian revolution. But the people don't know that, right? So how do we get them to understand that? We got to start with base work. We got to get where the people are. So first and foremost, you go into your particular base and you do an analysis of this. You know, what, what is the general ideology or understanding of society that the people at your workplace have? How do they talk about their lives? How do they talk about their work? How do they talk about these things? And, and what does that really seem, what kind of uh, uh, foundation does that seem to be built on? The second thing you got to try to analyze is really where these people are at in their kind of path in life. When, when talking about, you know, okay, are they at the point where they're like, ah, shit is what it is, what are you going to do about it? Are they at the point where they're like, this shit is kind of ridiculous? Are they at the point where they're like, I don't give a fuck about the government or politics because they're all assholes, they don't do anything for us, da 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 You have to have an understanding of your particular base. And you have to be able to use the experiences and situations that you will be uh, enduring in order to show the contradictions within society. You have to be able to knit all that together. Because the last thing we want to do as communists is go into a space and play evangelical. We're not trying to go into a community which we do not belong to, which we do not have any connections with, and command them on how they are to solve their problems. That will not lead to solutions. That will only lead to continued aggravation of the working class people against one another, right? We also don't want to go into a community and just do whatever the fuck they're doing, because As history has shown, the most conscious that the working class can get spontaneously is a sort of trade unionist understanding. But we need a revolutionary understanding. So in order to bring the masses there, we can't just tail them. We can't just follow along and write about the shit that they're doing. We have to point out how the shit that they're trying to do isn't going to actually help them. And we have to go to the demonstrations. We have to go to the teach-ins. We have to go to the eviction blockades and build connections. We have to be able to endure the struggle with the people who are struggling in order to build a relationship with them so that we can tell them, hey, this isn't going to work. Because you don't walk up to someone you don't know and tell them what they're doing is wrong. That's asshole-ish. And whether that is the kind of energy that you're taking or not, it doesn't fucking matter. Because when you go to tell that person, hey, I think what you're doing is wrong, there's a good chance that deep down inside they're like, hey, I don't give a fuck what you think. So if you want people to actually give a fuck about what we think, you got to build relationships with them. So that's the most key point to the base work, is building relationships, is enduring the struggle with the people. So that as, you know, kind of the relationship builds and the, uh, the mass mobilization grows, you have the ability to guide and educate and instruct so that the masses don't make mistakes that, 
you know, Lenin and Trotsky made or that the Paris Commune made or that the revolution in Nicaragua made or the Cubans made or the Yugoslavians and the other Eastern European countries made. Because here's the thing, when you educate yourself as a communist, when you call yourself a revolutionary, your goal is not to just be some asshole with ideas, but to know the history, to know the structure, to know the foundation, to understand the base and the superstructure of society, and be able to use your understanding of that to learn from the mistakes of the past in order to build a better future. But you can't do that if the people you're trying to help have no fucking clue who you are. So we have to stop pulling this bullshit of when are the masses going to be ready? When are they going to do it? When is this shit going to pop off? I don't know. When are you going to make it pop off? When are you going to go out there and tell them that they got to get this shit going? When are you going to get them organized? When are you going to be doing study-ins? When are you going to be trying to do, you know, fundraisers so that you could supply the homeless people in your community with food? When are you going to do demonstrations to call out the private prison system? When are you going to do rallies in support of indigenous people, political prisoners, war efforts, the Palestinian struggle, the Cuban struggle, the Nicaraguan struggle, the Indian farmers struggle? When are you going to stand out for the Nepalese and the Yemen uh, struggle? When are you going to fight against imperialism? When are you going to stand up against global capitalism? When are you going to go on strike? Because The masses will not do this spontaneously. History has shown us this. They need a guiding party. They need a vanguard. They need a communist, socialist organization which is building towards revolution, which has the foundation that can be taken and and people can plug right into it. Because here's the thing. I'm doing a lot of organizing right now, right? And, and I'm learning a lot about what works, what doesn't work. I'm seeing how, you know, trying to bring different people together, trying to, you know, learn from one another, trying to come to agreed upon decisions. Um, all that stuff is really fucking hard, right? And you're not going to be able to just get you know, four or five of your buddies together, none of whom have any organizing experience, and just out of, you know, pure willpower, be able to build a revolution because you guys just really want that to happen. You got to know what the fuck you're doing, right? When you go into a burning fucking building, if you don't know how to put out a fire, if you don't know you got to spray at its base, if you don't know how to, you know, breathe in that situation if you don't know you're fucked but guess what guys we're in a burning building america (laughs) fucking not even america the fucking planet the earth is a burning fucking building and if we want to get out of this burning building if we want to put out the fire because we have to realize here's a cool thing about being a westerner you don't just get to go ah fuck the global south is taking care of that. Look look at them doing their shit. Look at the, you know, the, the people's agreement at Cochabamba. And look at what all these different indigenous groups are doing. No. Because those indigenous groups get killed by their national bourgeoisie. 
those third world countries get sanctioned to shit anytime they try to nationalize oil or do an agrarian reform. Those socialist and communist countries watch their representatives and, and the people in that country be brutalized. They watch them be murdered and assassinated by the United States or Canada or the United Nations. So if we want to actually change the problems, we got to recognize that first and foremost, we got to fucking sweep the legs of the, be- of the beast here in America. Being in the belly of the beast, we got to be the ones to do it which means we got to get organized, which means if we're organized, we know what the fuck we're doing. We know what our intentions are and we know how to do it. And not only do we know how to do it, we have the real life capability of doing so. We have the material foundation of an organization. We have the masses. We have the connection to the people. We have the correct ideas and we have the power to do so. In order to all have all that, you got to have an organization which is set up so that when people come to a point where they want to do something, they can plug right in. They don't have to spend two, three years trying to find people, trying to walk up and down the street, trying to do random events and pop-ups and rallies in order to build a connection with the people because your organization is doing that. So that when people become aware of that situation, they can plug into your organization and help do that, but they don't have to do it alone. That's the problem. We have to have something that people can plug right into. And in order to do that, we have to be something that the people want and need. So first and foremost, it starts with building relationships. Then it starts with turning those relationships into militancy. Then it starts with turning that militancy into organization. And then it's that organization going out and building connection with more masses. Rinse, repeat. If you're still listening to the show, I really appreciate you. I did, you know, I, I hope that was helpful whatsoever. I think that the more and more people that I talk to, the more I realize that folks uh, are, are clearly unaware, including myself, of how the fuck to do this. So first and foremost, we got to recognize that we got to get with the people. We got to get organized. We got to get connected. And we got to figure out what it is that we can even do before we do anything. Because it's great to read these revolutionary books. It's great to know the history of all these revolutionaries. But at the end of the day, until we can take those ideals, take those, you know, kind of uh, uh, attempts at restructuring society and actually accomplish them, until we have the power to do so and be able to actually materially change the world, until we have control over society and we are able to do what it is that the masses need to be done because the masses need them done, not because there's a profit incentive, not because we can gain more power by doing so, but by feeding people, giving people housing, giving people jobs, because if they want to live in our society as it exists today, they need those things provided for them. Until we as a collective, until we as a society can organize ourselves to provide that for everyone through our own labor. Um, But yeah, it starts with mass work. It starts with building an organization. It starts with a vanguard, which is able to take the ideas of the masses and turn them into a reality. Um, Not just sentiments, not just you know, principles, but an actual material change that could be affected through uh, militant and mass uh, action. 
So if you're still listening, I appreciate you. I hope this was uh, helpful. I hope this, you know, presented some ideas to you and maybe made you think about some things. Um, If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or critiques, again, feel free to reach out to me on my social media or by emailing me at indefenseofliberation at gmail.com. No caps, no spaces. Um, And let me know what you think about the show. Let me know about what ideas you'd like to hear me talk about, what guests you'd like to have me have on, what shows you think I should try to go on. Um... Hit me up if you want to come on the show and talk. You know, I'd love to meet you folks, be able to have conversations with you. Um, But yeah, uh, I hope this episode was worth listening to. I hope you are safe and staying well. Um, And I hope that in your area you are able to go out and get organizing. Even if you are, you know, three or four people, do what you can. Um, meet once a week, talk about what possibilities there are, go talk to people, do whatever you can do, you know, because we're not miracle workers. Um, We are not uh, also idealists who believe that if we just sit around, eventually the shit is going to pop off and there's going to be ability to just pick up a gun and go do the whole revolution thing. Revolution takes time. Revolution takes discipline. It takes actions that people don't want to do. But this is the only way that we can actually build a revolution that is supported by the masses, that is built by the masses, and is able to provide for the masses. Because that is our end goal. We're not looking to be another ruling class. We are looking to eliminate the class antagonisms which create a ruling and oppressed class by putting the masses in charge of society and using the suppression of the exploiters and oppressors to eliminate class antagonisms, inequality, and contradictions between the idealized way society should be and the materialist way that society is. Thank you so much for listening. Stay revolutionary, and we'll see you next time, folks. Peace.